camping out on, uh, uh, actually we call it the Summer in the Psalms. We've been camping out on different psalms throughout the summer and pulling some messages from there that uh, I think have been really helpful to us. Today, I want to direct our attention to Psalm chapter 3. Psalm chapter 3. And the title of my message today is The Lifter of My Head. The Lifter of My Head. Uh, How many of you have ever uh, been in a situation, maybe it was you or uh, maybe you were on the other side of it, where somebody was so down and so downcast, they were feeling so uh, discouraged, and their head was just down. And there was a point, maybe you as a parent or a grandparent, or, or uh, you went to a child that was really down and hurting and just kind of lifted up their head a little bit. I get that image of God every time I read uh, this passage of Scripture, where I think the Lord wants to just be the lifter of our heads when we are down, when we are discouraged. And David here in Psalm chapter 3 is writing an interesting psalm here. He was going through some really difficult stuff, and uh, I want to kind of unpack what he had to say. So if you're able to, would you stand with me as we read God's Word together? Psalm 3, we're going to start in verse 1. We'll read the whole psalm, but it's only eight verses long. So Psalm chapter 3, starting in verse 1, and we're going to go to verse 8. Are we ready? If you're there, say amen. Now, if you don't have your Bible, you can follow right along on the screen uh, behind me. And those of you watching online, we'll put all the screens up on that live stream as well. Here we go. David says this, Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. I call out to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I awake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. He is the lifter of my head. Amen. Would you pray with me again, Jesus? We ask you now that uh, we know that your word is anointed. We know that your word is powerful. But now, Lord, we ask you for not only the presentation of it, but also the reception of it to be just as anointed today. And God, uh, meet us right where we're at, whoever might be listening today, whether it be here or online. And Jesus, may your Holy Spirit speak to us today, and we'll thank you for what you do. And it's in your name we pray, and we all said, amen. 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 uh, Let's be seated. So David here uh, is really going through a difficult, difficult time. In fact, some scholars will say that this is when 
David was being opposed by a member of his own family, and he was facing some persecution at that time. And David is, he's kind of at a low place. Would you agree with some of the wording that we've read here? He, he's in a tough place right now. How many of you know that after you gave your life to Jesus, you might have found yourself in a tough place or two or three or 23, right? Uh, becoming a Christian does not take away all of our problems. Becoming a Christian uh, does not keep us from seeing life get a little messy at times. And again, here was David, a man after God's own heart who found himself at a difficult time where he felt that he had to cry out to God for help. And I want you to, to know today that this morning, if you find yourself at a low point, you're in good company. In fact, you're in great company because a man who was used of, by, well, thank you, uh, a man who was used of by the Lord in a great way, a man who God used to be the giant killer, the, the worshiper, the king, the chosen king, this is a man you think wouldn't have any issues, but boy, did he have issues. And he had problems. So if he had problems and had to cry out to the Lord, how many of you know that when we have problems, we should do the same? Can we say amen? And so let's take a look, just unpacking these eight verses. Let's take a look and see what God might have to say to us as we look closer at David's cry for help. Let's look a little closer at David's cry for help. I want to break this down in just three different sections today. First of all, I want to take a look at David's difficulties. David's difficulties. Now, here's what I know. The, the, longer, the longer I serve the Lord as a pastor, the more difficulties I see people experience. And what I face may be totally different than what you face. And what you face might be totally different than what I face. But here's the deal. You don't have to qualify your difficulty as being serious enough to come to Jesus with it. Let me say that again. Because some, some people might say, well, you know, it's really not that bad. Right? Or, or, or they'll say, well, you know, it's not like what he's facing. It's not like what she's going through. So, and, and stop right there because I want you to know that whatever trouble you're facing and whatever difficulty you might be facing, it's important to God. And it's important to the Lord. And, and you are welcome to bring your difficulties to him. He welcomes that. He wants that. This is the way that we find answers. This is the way that we find hope because we bring him to the Lord. But let's take a look specifically at what it seems that David was going through. Now, again, he kind of goes there in verses 1 and 2. And in verses 1 and 2, he says this, Lord how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. Boy, that's encouraging, isn't it? If, 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 if it's bad enough what you're facing, then sometimes people's opinion about what you're facing can be just as crushing and 
just as difficult. And this is not part of my sermon, but I'm going to throw it in here, by the way. You need to be careful. In your time of difficulty, you need to be careful whom you listen to. Because there will always be a negative voice. There will always, in fact, there will always be a voice. Someone's got an opinion. And by the way, just because they claim to be a follower of Christ, that doesn't mean it's the right opinion. Because sometimes I've heard some Christians say some really whacked out stuff. (laughs) Haven't you? Now, again, there's, there are people I trust, okay? But when, 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 when you're going through difficulty, be careful whom it is that you listen to. In fact, I'll even go as far as to say be careful whom you share that with. My goodness, I, I saw somebody the other day. That person's not in this room, so don't look around. But I saw someone the other day. They just vomited emotionally on Facebook, about, about their family, about their friends, and how terrible they all are, I thought, it just, that's not the way to go. That's not the way to go, all right? You need to be careful whom you listen to, and you need to be careful whom you go to. Let me, let me get back on the, on the map. I don't know who that was for, but be blessed. Now, David was, first of all, he was attacked by his adversaries, He had some real enemies that were coming against him. And I I want to clarify some things for you here today. Because if we're not careful, we will get angry at the wrong enemy. Well, this person's doing this and that person's doing this. Okay, but can we see the big picture here? Who is really at work trying to discourage you? Do you really think that that one person has that much power? Or could it be that there is an enemy of our soul who is trying to destroy us? And see, for some in here, it might be through the opinion of somebody else. For some in here, it might be an an addiction issue. For some in here, it might be a crisis that you're going through. And we might point at the people, we might even point at the, at the thing that we're addicted to, but in all honesty, the big picture is this. Take a look at this scripture, 1 Peter 5, 8. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, let me pause here. Your enemy is the devil. And what does he do? He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. When he woke up, well, he doesn't, he doesn't sleep. But when you woke up, that was his plan for you. It was to devour you. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus said. But Jesus has come to give us life more abundantly. But let's be clear. Your enemy, above anyone else or anything else, is the enemy of your soul, the devil. Now, I'm not a demon under every rock kind of a guy. Okay? Okay? If, if I have hay fever, I don't have a demon of hay fever. I got hay fever. Okay? Uh, if I have an allergy, you know, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, at the same time, there's a very real enemy who is very much at work for the soul and for the life of yourself and your family and your home 
And that's who the real enemy is. Paul, when he's talking about spiritual warfare in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verse 12, he says this, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So you have a very real adversary, but it's not the... It's not the political party that you disagree with. Right. It's not a government official. It's not your spouse. It's not your ex-spouse. There's a very real enemy trying to do a very real work of damage in many lives, and it's the devil, and that's whom we are against And I will tell you this, I believe that he, the enemy, is unleashing as much as he can against this earth and against our, uh, not just our church, the church, because he knows his time is short. So there is a very real enemy on the attack right now. But that wasn't David's only difficulty. Not only was he attacked by his adversaries, but he was also abandoned by his allies. See, and I think this one hurts more. Because if someone who doesn't like me says something or does something to me or whatever, I'm like, whatever. But if it's someone who I care about and I feel abandoned by that person... Now, that cuts. And some of you may be dealing with that today. Maybe some of you are dealing with the fact that there is or was somebody very close to you who has abandoned you, deserted you, disappointed you, done something to harm you, to disappoint you. And these things hurt These things are difficult, and they cause damage. The question is, what do we do about it? And this is the test here, because if you have gone through this kind of stuff in your life, there are some people that will not come back to a church because they've never gotten over this. And that was exactly the devil's game plan from the beginning. See, there are empty seats and pews all over America where people used to sit who never dealt with this correctly. And so for the sake of your health spiritually, for the sake of your spiritual life, for the sake of your family, for the sake of your relationships, I'm going to ask you to follow David's example here because it continues here in this psalm. Because verses 1 and 2 show us David's difficulties, but then secondly, David makes some declarations here in verses 3 and 4. And and let me just say that what David does in verses 3 and 4, he says some things about God, and it wasn't, it's not for God's sake. It was for David's sake. Take a look at these verses, verses 3 and 4. Here's what he says. But you, Lord, you are a shield around me. 
my glory, the one who lifts my head high. I call out to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. Do you think that God is in heaven hearing this and saying, Oh, wow, I almost forgot. Thanks, Dave. No. It wasn't for God's sake that David is saying this. In fact, David doesn't declare these things to try to get his way. David is declaring these things not for God's sake, not to benefit God, because quite honestly, God is all-powerful, and he doesn't need anything. So why are we doing this? It's for our sake. Because we have to be reminded, in the midst of our difficulty, who God really is. And if we get a distorted image of God, and if we get a distorted image of what the the Word of God says about Jesus, then that is going to stunt our attempts at trying to get through the stuff that we're facing. If we think we have a small God, then our problem is going to be bigger than our God. If we think that God is incapable of helping us, then there is no need to pray. But sometimes we need to be reminded ourselves of all that God is. And look what David declared. I'm going to put it in a few categories. And maybe we could declare these things to the Lord, personally to the Lord today. He said, first of all, God is my protector. God is my protector. Again, verse 3, he said, But you, Lord, you are a shield around me. You know what? I've read this verse so many times. And there's a word there. The second to last word that I have up there in that verse is the word around I think a lot of times when we picture a soldier with a shield, right? What's he got? He's kind of got this thing, right? Or he's kind of, he's covered as far as an attack coming from that way. If it's big enough, maybe he can duck, and, but, but nothing behind him except <laughs> the next guy. But David says, you're a shield around me. See, I think that's significant because with God, there are no blind spots. We might have our blind spots, but God wants to protect us even in our blind spots. Even He will protect us even in the areas that we're not sure that we even need protected. He will keep us safe even when we don't realize that we need to be kept safe. Safe. He is a shield around me. All of your sides are covered. That's how much he loves you. He's your protector. He will keep you safe. He is your refuge. He is your strong tower. He is your place that you can hide. He's your safe place. He's the place that you can go for protection, for refuge. He's there for you. God is my protector. Secondly, he said, God is my encourager. Not only is God my protector, he is also my encourager. Again, he says in verse 3, you are my glory. 
the King James says, and the lifter of my head. You are my glory, the one who lifts my head high. When, <laughs> when, we, uh, when we went to Uruguay on a missions trip as youth pastors, Annette and I, uh, we were told that the people of that country are a very depressed people. And, and we saw it, that, that people are constantly walking the streets with their head down all the time. Now, I will also point out that I've never seen more dogs in my life than in the nation of Uruguay. So there might also be another reason why they were looking down. Dog owners will know, but I digress. But it was, <laughs> but it was like an entire population. They were just down. We saw it in the services that we had. That what people needed was for God to be the glory and the lifter of their head. For the Holy Spirit to say, you know what? Okay, get your head up. All right? It, it's, it's not too bad for me. I can get you through this. I can walk you through this. Maybe you need to be told today. Maybe you need to be encouraged by his Holy Spirit that he's got you. That he's got you. That the difficulty is not bigger than your God. And he is the lifter of your head. School overwhelming you, students? God wants to be the lifter of your head. Your home situation got you overwhelmed? God wants to be the lifter of your head. Your job situation got you all stressed out? God wants to be the lifter of your head. Your finances are a mess? God wants to be the lifter of your of your head. Would you let God not only protect you, but would you realize that God also wants to encourage you and say, it is not my will for you to walk every day in anxiety and depression all the time. May I say that I have met Christians that are not happy unless they are miserable? That's not God's will for you. He wants you to be the, he wants to be the lifter of your head. God is my protector. God is my encourager. And uh, God is my responder. God is my responder. Verse, well, he doesn't answer my prayers. You're wrong. Look at verse 4. I call out to the Lord and he answers me from his holy mountain. I call out to God. He answers me. Well, I didn't get what I wanted. <laughs> okay. That doesn't mean that you did not get an answer. You just didn't get your answer. God, I need $5 million. And God's like, no. Here's a job. I didn't want that. I wanted $5 million. But see, here's the thing. When we call out to the Lord, we're not only trusting him to do the miraculous, but we're also trusting him to do it in a miraculous way, in a supernatural way, or maybe just in a practical way. Could it be that you've been praying for God to speak to you and, you, and you're staring at a blank wall waiting for a writing on the wall to appear? 
Where's my message? Where's my message? And God's been speaking to you through the word. God's been speaking to you through his Holy Spirit. God's been speaking to you through sermons. And you're waiting for fire to fall from heaven. Could it be that God's been speaking to you and you've only been open to God answering you your way? And see, this is where we can get discouraged. My trust has to be so high in God that I'm not only trusting God for the answer, but I'm trusting him to answer his way. Why? Because he does all things well. And all of his ways are good. And all of his promises are yes and amen. So I can trust God when I pray, and I can trust that the answer is the not just the good, it is the best. So God is my responder. And I trust him enough to know that he will respond in a way that is best. And God, give me the patience and the discernment to accept that. We saw David's difficulties. We've read and we've heard David's declarations. Finally today, I want to show you David's discovery at the end of this thing. In the last four verses. Here's what he discovered after he made his declarations. Look at the scripture. I lie down and sleep. Now don't take that as your life verse for Sunday morning church, by the way, all right? You know who you are. (laughs) I lie down and sleep. I wake again. Why? Because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. <laughs> look, at, look what he says. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. That's mean. That's Bible. From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. When, when David made these declarations to the Lord, when he brought his difficulty to the Lord and he recognized God as his uh, comforter and his protector and the one who would respond to him when he did that, then he discovered some things that I think some of us maybe are longing for here today. And let me show it to you. First of all, he discovered that there is comfort in God. There is comfort. There is rest in God. Verse 5 says, I lie down and I sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. Could it be, folks, could it be that maybe the greatest thing that God can do for you is just to give you some rest? Could it be that God wants to take the anxiety that is keeping you up in your mind and just wants to give you peace? And he wants to sustain you. And he wants to give you rest. We all go through it. We all go through it. Life gets messy. Life gets tough. And and if you have a mind like mine, and pray you don't, but if you have a mind like mine, it goes all over the place. It goes, and I got one of these eight-track minds. My wife can stay focused on one thing. Sometimes I marvel at that. I am not comfortable unless I'm doing three things at one time. Even now, I'm preaching to you, 
but I'm also thinking about lunch. <laughs> a little hungry. So, <laughs> so when you have a mind like mine, then it can really go up in here. It really can. Sometimes that's really good. Sometimes it's not good. Because I can get a little obsessed about the worries in my life and the stress in my life and the difficulties that I'm facing. And, and boom, 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 all the wheels are turning. And, 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 and that keeps me from actually getting rest. And maybe for you, you need to, before you even leave here, Declare to the Lord all that he is. And then let him just give you some peace and comfort. Secondly, he not only discovered that there was comfort, but there's also a confidence that comes by giving God our difficulties like he did. He says this, and and look again at verse 6. He says, I will not fear. Though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Let's let's think about that. I got tens of thousands over here. I got tens of thousands over here. And they're all against me. I'm good. Can we really say that? I got a bill over here. I've got a health crisis over here. I got a home crisis over here. And the scripture tells me that I could actually approach all of those things. Even if there's 10,000 on either side of me, I could still approach God with a confidence. I need not fear. And hear me today, church. Whatever it is you're facing, you need not fear. You might be a little uncomfortable, okay, but you need not fear fear. God might be saying some things to you. God might be working in you somehow, some way, but you don't need to be afraid of that because you now have committed that to the Lord. If it was just you, if it was you trying to do this without God, oh, you better be afraid. But if you've got God on your side, I said, if you've got God on your side, you and God, even if there's 10,000 over here and 10,000 over here, you and God are a majority. So there's a confidence that I have in going to God and declaring all that God is because he hasn't failed me yet. He hasn't let me down yet. God does not have a whoops. God has never failed. God has never made a mistake. God has never gotten it wrong. And I have a confidence that he is going to see me through. And then finally today, and Ralph, if you can help me out, I appreciate that a lot. There's a commitment that David discovered. David, David, as a creative worship leader, he, he has some real descriptive wording here. And he says, Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. I almost called this message broken teeth, but I didn't think... I think that would get the point across. May the Lord, uh, oh, I'm sorry, from the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be in your people. 
I think David is saying this. More than wishing punishment on his earthly enemy. I think David is saying, God, here's what I know. That you are committed to defeating the enemy and giving me victory. So if you got to strike them in the jaw, God, if you need to break their teeth, God, if, 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 if you need, as the enemy has come in, God, if you need to do what your word says and raise up a standard against that, go for it, God. Because, God, I know it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by your spirit that you do everything. And so, Lord God, you are the lifter of my head because I, I know that not only will you comfort me and not only do I have a confidence, but, but I know that there is a commitment on your part to get me through. And understand, folks, out of seven billion plus people on planet Earth right now, God is committed individually to you. And he is not distracted at all. You can cry out to him, and he will answer you from his holy mountain. He will give you the comfort that you need. He will give you the confidence that you need. And he will let you know that he is committed to seeing you through this difficulty. There is nothing impossible for our God. Nothing is too difficult for him. God, you are the lifter of my head. I'm speaking to people that might be a little bit discouraged. I'm speaking to people that are going through some difficulty. The Holy Spirit just wants to put his hand right under your chin. And he wants to lift it up. Lift your head up and encourage you and say, I got you. I got you. I've got this. Trust me. You might not be comfortable right now, but I, I got you. And let me just say something. God is more commitment. I'm sorry. God is more dedicated to your character than he is your comfort. More than making you comfy, he wants to make you more like him. I don't know who that was for, but if you're tempted to give up on God because things are tough right now, don't. He's got you. And not only, not only does he want to give you some confidence, but in, in the whole process, in this whole process, he wants to make you more like him. And, and he is the glory and the lifter of my head. Today, I want to challenge you to bring your difficulties to the Lord. Declare to God everything that he is and discover just how incredible God is in this whole process. Would you stand with me if you're able to? Has the Lord spoken to you today? I want us to pray. And I honestly feel that there are those today that you're, you're walking in some discouragement. You're walking through some difficulty. And God wants to be that lifter of your head today. 
He wants to remind you that I've got you. I've got you. And maybe for the first time in a long time, you need some rest mentally. Let God free your mind and just give you peace. Maybe you just need to know that he is committed to you entirely. Maybe you've been so riddled with fear over what you're facing. Maybe God can just give you a little confidence to know that you and him, you're a majority. So here's what I'm going to have you do. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. And then I want to make this whole room just a house of prayer. So if you need to talk or, or fellowship with one another, which is fantastic, I'm going to ask you not to do so much in here, but to do it in the lobby so we can give people a chance to meet with God and we don't interrupt them. Sound good? So if you need just to go to God and just declare these things to the Lord, maybe you just need to sit in his presence and say, Lord, I just need you to lift up my head. I'm too discouraged. I need you to give me peace. Whatever it is that you need from him today, whether it be at an altar, whether it be at your seat, we'll go to the Lord. And don't leave until you're done with him and he's done with you today. Amen? So Jesus, we cry out to you as the glory and the lifter of our heads. God, there are those that are facing difficulties God, we have a very real enemy who's on the attack. God, for some of us, our difficulties may be very personal. But Lord God, I pray that you would speak to us, Lord, and just minister to us today. God, we declare to you that you are our protector. You are our comforter. You're our encourager. You are the one who does the miracles. You are the one that makes the crooked path straight. You are the one that does it all and you do it best. So Lord, we will take time maybe just to declare everything we know about you to you. Not for your sake, but for ours. So God, hear our praises today. And Lord, I pray that we would discover just how great you are. God, your commitment to us, the confidence that we have in you, Lord Jesus, that's there for us. So Jesus, touch your people and help us, Lord God, to be able to move on on Monday and keep going on Tuesday and keep running on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And God, we come back to your house next week with testimonies of your goodness and of your greatness and of your power. So Lord, meet with your people, I pray. And we will thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need to spend time with the Lord, feel free to do so right now. You can do it at your seat.